Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores. Darnell Nurse. Raleigh takes the snap, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch. And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. 1 of the most anticipated games every year on your Edmonton Eskimos schedule. They will host the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That game coming up Thursday night. Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Our coverage will start at 6. The game will start at 8. The Riders in town. The 50-50 because of the carryover will start at over $71,000. It's also Pure Later Tackle Hunger Night. So don't forget to bring a donation to the food bank if you're going to the game on Thursday. The Eskimos winners of their last game. The Riders losing on Saturday to the Calgary Stampeders. They fell behind and just don't have the offensive juice to catch up. In fact, they were getting booed by their own fans after some offensive play calling in that game. Jamie Nye from the Green Zone, CJME Radio and Regina will check in in the next half hour of the show to let us know what is going on there. Uh, The Eskimos... Uh, Six-game injured list for three more players. Christoph Malumba-Chaminga, Blair Smith, and Pascal Lochard go on the sixth game. They might get some guys back, like Christoph Normand and Godfrey Onyeka. Arjun Colhoun starting to practice. Not sure if he'll uh, play, though, on Thursday. Uh, but uh, the coaches show with Jason Moss and Morley Scott's coming up at 7.30 tonight. Jerome Aginla officially retiring today. You'll hear some comments from him as we move along. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. You can always text me at 630-630. You can also phone 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch. Golf big on the menu this week as well. The Oil Country Championship will start on Thursday at the Petroleum Club. Actually, uh, things going on today, the Celebrity Pro-Am tomorrow, and one of the guys featured in that, former Edmonton Oilers defenseman Doug Hicks, who joins me now. Doug, great to have you on the show. How are you doing? Great, Reed. Great, Reed. I'm doing fine, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it is uh, good to talk to you, Doug. A, a lot I want to get to here with you, but let, let's start on the golf course. Now, you, you're going to be a busy guy this week. Are you both uh, playing in the Pro-Am and then caddying in the tournament? What's, what's, on, what's coming up for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have a very busy week. Um, I'm on the um, uh, advisory committee, too, for the SOCC, the Syncrude uh, Oil Company Championship, and... Uh, and uh, yeah, they uh, they want a good contingent of the uh, of the Oilers and the Oiler alumni um, uh, there on Tuesday tomorrow for the uh, for the pro am. So uh, yeah, I'll be there for that. Um, probably 
And then I've, um, I, this is my 20th uh, year of uh, volunteering to caddy in the, um, in the, whatever, you know, it's been the McKenzie tour and it was the ATB and it was the, uh, the Canadian tour. Um, you know, so 20 years now uh, I've volunteered to caddy. So, um, actually my guy, Grayson Sig, his name is out of Augusta, Georgia. I play with him tomorrow in the pro-am oh, and wow. then we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll lug his bag around on Thursday. So, uh, so a nice way for us to, uh, kind of connect and, uh, you know, he can see, uh, you know, firsthand what kind of game I've got, uh, you know, the, if he needs, um, you know, a hand on, in anything on the course. So. Now, are you a better golfer or a better caddy, Doug? <laughs> I'm a heck of a lot better caddy, I'll tell you. I, uh, I, uh, I can find my way around the golf course, but uh, these days, uh, yeah, I, um, I'm the perfect caddy for these Canadian Tour guys, um, or the McKenzie Tour fellows. You know, you, you show up, you keep up, and you shut up these days for, for these guys. And <laughs> right. I, I'm the perfect caddy there. Well, I wanted to ask you that because uh, I was talking about that with, uh, with, with Andrew at the end of the afternoon news. And, you know, I've, I've read some of the caddy stories uh, from the PGA, and I read Steve Williams' book, and uh, Rick Riley wrote that famous book, well, a while ago now, Who's Your Caddy?, where he caddied for, uh, so, you know, for some celebrities, but he, 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 did, he did get to carry the bag in, uh, I think, a, a senior tournament and maybe in an LPGA tournament as well. And right. it seems different golfers want different things from their caddy. Is, is that fair, or is it pretty much just shut up and hand me the club now? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, especially these young guys that are that that are um, you know playing the McKenzie Tour, like they go from city to city, uh, as we know, and they pick up uh, caddies as they they go along. So, you know, to 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 find out, you know, if this caddy this week uh, knows golf, uh, can play golf, can read greens, you know, it, it it it's a lot for them to try to glean out. They will, you know, if you, if you, they'll, they'll talk to you and understand that, oh, okay, you were a golf pro at one time or, uh, you know, you're a member at this course. Uh, so, you know, they'll, they'll ask you a few things, uh, especially, especially when it comes to, uh, to, to reading greens, um, you know, and they'll, uh, you know, maybe want to, you know, uh, confirm that, you know, is, is that wind blowing left to right or is it swirling? You know, yardages, they're so good nowadays. These these young guys, they, they have the yardage books now. They're put out by the um, by each venue. So you know, they they walk out and they know each. You know, they know your their yardage books. So so you don't have to be telling the guy. You know, guess okay. Well, you're 165. Here's a seven iron. You know, you don't need to be doing that. So <laughs> so I've had been on interviews before, and you know, they need people out there, and you don't have to be. Um, you know, you don't have to be a. Uh, you know, a professional golfer to help these guys out or a professional caddy. Uh, they just appreciate somebody uh, coming along with them. You know, and the main thing is you, you just try to keep them loose. You know, you start talking. Uh, you know, I end up talking hockey with these guys, uh, you know, the whole round. They're all interested. They're all, uh, you know, Americans from the South, so they're all interested in things like that. And, uh, you yeah, know, just keep them loose. You're, if you're an accountant, you know, you can talk money with a guy. Right. Or, you, <laughs> you know, just it, it's basically just keeping them loose and, and kind of knowing, uh, yeah, you know, if they're uh, if they've uh, dubbed a, a pitching wedge, you know, you don't go, oh, well, you know, you'll get the next one. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you just kind of kind of keep her uh, keep her casual and, and and move along. But but it is is a lot of fun. Uh, these um, these young guys are uh, just the game they have coming out of uh, you know junior golf and college is absolutely amazing. 
Doug Hicks joining us on Inside Sports, former NHL defenseman, played three seasons with the Oilers, and as he's telling you, he's going to play in the Celebrity Pro-Am at the Oil Country Championship and then caddy Thursday through uh, Sunday for the tournament. Uh, and when it comes to golf, Doug, was that part of your life while you were a, a pro hockey player, or was that something you got into uh, after you retired? No, it certainly was, Reed. Um, actually, I remember uh, growing up in uh, northern Manitoba, Thompson, and then playing junior in Flin Flon. Not a ton of golf up there, but uh, one of my uh, teammates, who was, uh, who was 19 at the time, and I was 16 going to Flin Flon, Blaine Stout. Oh, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he says to me, he says, kid, you know, uh, you want to be a um, you know, professional hockey player? I go, well, uh, Blaine, that's, that's why I'm here at uh, 16 years old. Well, he says you're going to have to learn how to golf because you're going to have your uh, your summers off. So uh, at 16, I took up the game and uh, and fell in love with it. And then my first couple of years of pro uh, with the Minnesota North Stars, uh, we didn't make the playoffs. I think those first three years. So so I had quite a quite a long summer to uh, to hone my uh, golf skills. So uh, so yeah, I was really avid and uh, you know joined Windermere when it first came here in '79. Dave Lumley, Ron Chipperfield, Ronnie Lowe, uh, we were all members there and. Uh, and then uh, I uh, took more of an interest in it and uh, became a golf pro. Um, you know, I worked for Bill Carrington at Windermere, and I worked for Bill Penny at the country club. So I had a, a four-year stint there, um, you know, uh, working in the actual golf business and teaching. And so that really kind of, uh, you know, uh, even embedded uh, the, uh, the love of the game uh, even, even deeper for me. So, yeah. Awesome stuff. Uh, all right, so and I know. So you were born in you were born in Cold Lake, but you wound up growing up in Manitoba, Doug. I did. Yeah, my dad was an engineer. We were building uh, his company was building something for the uh, for the Air Force up there. So yeah, I'm an Albertan by birth, but yeah, Winnipeg, and then uh, Northern Manitoba up to Thompson. Um, uh, we were the original family up there building the town site, and then naturally, when you're in Northern uh, Manitoba, you play junior in Flin Flon. So right. So yeah, three uh, three years there in the Flon, and then uh, then moved on. Now uh, my folks have since come back to Alberta, so we're all all Albertans again. So. Pretty uh, pretty high draft pick. You went uh, sixth overall back in uh, 1974. You had 61 yep. points in your last year junior with uh, Flin Flon, and then you made the jump, uh, as you mentioned, to the Minnesota North Stars. Uh, what, what do you remember about, uh, uh, I mean, I imagine there must have been some wild games. I think it was still the WCHL when you played there. And, uh, I mean, you, you your penalty minutes were about double your points, and you had yep. a lot of points <laughs> in junior. You had to be able to, uh, you had to have good hands, both scoring-wise and with the fisticuffs playing in the, back in the early 70s. Yeah. Oh, you sure did uh, in the in the uh, you know, Western Canadian Hockey League. Uh, and the one thing I really remember uh, this my first year in '72, Victoria and Vancouver came into the league, so we had to go by bus, you know, right across Canada, right Western Canada. We would uh, so we would drop in and and uh, yeah, play Calgary and fight with Nystroms and uh, you know the the teams there, and then we'd go down to Medicine Hat and Bob Gasoff and Jim McCrimmon, and then we'd. Head to Edmonton and Phil Russell and oh my God! Then we finally would get out to the coast and they were expansion teams, so we'd beat the snot out of them, <laughs> enjoy a little bit of the salt air out there, and then fight our way back across uh, across Western Canada. Oh God, it was uh, yeah, it was quite a life um, back in those days. You had to be uh, you had to be tough and uh, uh, and uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was uh, yeah, a great uh, a great growing.
viewing experience uh, is in Flin Flon, like I was, you know, eventually was talking to guys from the Ontario Hockey League. Our our shortest road trip was their longest road trip. You know, we wow. went Winnipeg and Saskatoon, and then 500 miles at that time, you know, to, to, to go for our shortest road trip. And the guys in the East are like, oh, man, you know, we can't imagine a 500. You know, that's when we... You know that's our the longest trip. So yeah. So yeah, yeah. You got used to the uh, used to the buses, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't have always been the best uh, best driving conditions. Probably even you're on the road either. Uh, yeah. yeah. Doug, you, you came to the Oilers for for their first year in the NHL, seventy nine eighty. You had forty points in seventy eight games, which these days you'd be making five million a year as a forty point defenseman. So <laughs> thanks, you, you, thanks you, for reminding me. You, 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 <laughs> you came along in the wrong era. Uh, I mean, you were traded to the Capitals in eighty one, eighty two. So unfortunately, you, you didn't get to stick around for uh, for the Cups, but but you got that first that first playoff experience when, when Ron Lowe helped them sneak into the league, and then you got to be around in 80-81 uh, for, that, for that upset of Montreal Canadiens, and then you stretched the Islanders to six games in the second round. So I don't know if you saw the seeds of it or if you knew what was coming when, when you were in the order, with the Oilers their first couple of years. Did, did you have a – I mean, Gretzky was there, obviously, but did you have a sense it was going to take off the way it did? Uh, yeah, it was pretty easy to see, Reed, uh, you know, with Mark uh, Messier and, and Gretz, just those two young guys and the talents they had, uh, it was amazing, uh, you know, and then, and then Slatsy put together a pretty good defense, you know, at Pat Price, DeFogel, and myself, um, uh, you know, Risto came along, uh, you know, th- that year too, and so, you know, there were some good solid, um, good solid uh, guys there that, um, that we knew we could, uh, we could build on, and uh yeah, you know, um, yeah, I, I missed out on the uh, on the uh, Stanley Cup years, but but still, those formative years, um, those first three and a half years I was here, uh, especially beating Montreal, was uh, was really special. Uh, really wonderful to come back to Alberta and and uh, and then be involved uh, on the ground floor with um, with the uh, the team and, uh, and and see all the uh, the amazing uh, uh, things that they did in the glory years there. Doug, uh, just a couple more here. Thanks for being so generous with your time tonight. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned growing up in uh, in Manitoba, and and you played in you know some other great cities. Obviously, you know you were a Chicago Blackhawk for a bit. You played in Europe late in your career. Why uh, why Edmonton? What, did you choose to settle once you hung up the blades? You know, uh, my my wife uh, was from Edmonton, so um, it's kind of just made it a, a natural uh, place for me to to hang my hat after uh, yeah after um, I, and I coached the St. Albert Saints between uh, gigs there. I kind of retired after Washington, and Doug Messier was on his way out to Halifax to coach the, um, the farm club. So he asked me if I would uh, would be interested in coaching junior. So. Uh, so I gave that a shot. Uh, some people are uh, meant to be coaches, some aren't, and uh, and I wasn't. So uh, so that kind of jump started me to uh, to head to to Europe. But uh, but yeah, you know, uh, since uh, you know I had uh, family, uh, my wife's family here. Um, yeah, and my folks in Red Deer at that time, they moved back in '74. Just made it a natural place to me uh, to hang to hang her hat. And you know, uh, with the success of the club and uh, and the alumni association we had going at the time, at it was just a, a really, a really, you know, nice, nice city to, to 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 stay in. You know, Edmonton. I always say, tell people it's a big enough city that there's really cool culture, all kinds of things going on. Yet it's a small enough city that you know you can uh, go to a function and run into uh, four or five, uh, you know, 
you know, your your old teammates and stuff like that. So yeah, that's, that's what, uh, yeah, really, really, uh, really enjoy Edmonton. All right, and I finally got to ask you. Somebody uh, yeah. said you got to ask Doug. He owns a wicked wine store in St. Albert. <laughs> so I'll let you. I'll let you plug it. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, that's where I am right now. Just uh, we're shutting her down at seven here t- tonight. Uh, but uh, yeah, we. Uh, I've been in the wine business right from '94. Uh, got involved with uh, over in the Crestwood area. Uh, a good buddy of mine, Kevin Hogan uh, from uh, Victoria. He was working for Todd Crystal in the uh, just before that in '93. So we've got a space over there and been in it ever since. It's a it's a great little lifestyle business. Um, and then and I had to offer this opportunity to open up uh, out in a brand new center where Holes Greenhouse is the original. Oh yeah, it's called Shops at Boudreaux. So yeah, we've got a wonderful little shop here. We've got an Italian market. We've got uh, everything you need in this in this mall. So uh, yeah, folks, if you're uh, if you're listening, uh, yeah, a nice, a nice little way to plug it. Uh, my ego's big enough now. It's uh, called Hicks Fine Wines, so uh, so drop in. Right on. Doug, this was great to talk to you. Enjoy the Oil Country Championship. I know you're going to play great tomorrow, and then you're going to be uh, great on Grayson's bag on the weekend. Enjoy that. We'll have to do this again. It was really great speaking with you. I uh, really appreciate uh, the call, and, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, too. Uh, Reed, thank you very much. Right on. That is Doug Hicks checking in tonight, former Oilers defenseman, a total of 561 games in the National Hockey League. And, uh, yeah, some seasons where he put up pretty good point totals for sure. And as he mentioned, uh, part of those early Oilers teams and in the 1981 playoffs, he helped them sweep the Montreal Canadiens in the first round. Still one of the uh, biggest upsets for sure in the NHL first round ever. Great to have Doug on the show, and he'll be a big part of the Oilers country championship when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is 622. You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. We've got to take a quick timeout. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Sheridan, the Eskimos, getting ready for the Rough Riders. We will uh, talk about some of their struggles with Jamie Nye in the next half hour of the show. Obviously, a lot going on on the field for the Riders. Off the field, you probably heard running back Jerome Messam released by the Rough Riders today. He has been charged with voyeurism. This dates back to when he was with the Calgary Stampeders in uh, November of 2016. Uh, yeah, the uh, charge relates to the alleged videotaping of a consensual sexual encounter with a victim from November 2016. So the riders released Messam and the CFL saying that if any other teams try to sign Messam, they will not honor the contract. So it uh, could be it for Jerome Messam uh, as a Canadian Football League player. Jerome Aginla officially announcing his retirement today in Calgary, where he played for 16 seasons, was the captain there for a decade, 41 years of age. He wound up finishing his 20-year career with the L.A. Kings. Remember, he had, he had that brief stint at the uh, end of the year a couple of years ago. Says it was important to announce his retirement in Calgary. 
thrilled that I got to do this today and, and um, you know, reminisce with fans and, and say thank you to the fans in the city. Meanwhile, LeBron James speaking publicly today for the first time since leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers and uh, joining the Los Angeles Lakers. James says he's looking forward to working with Magic Johnson, who's the Lakers president and a player James has idolized since he was a kid. You look at the Lakers, you know, being able to play for a historic franchise, you know, with so much history, you know, and, and, and now being able to partner with Magic Johnson, the excitement that I have to be a Laker. I'm happy to be a part of it because I believe the Lakers um, is a historical franchise. We all know that, but it's a championship uh, franchise, and that's what we're trying to get back to. All right, so let's just quickly recap as we uh, the new NBA season will start in the fall. Let's list off the teams that are relevant in the NBA. You uh, have the Golden State Warriors, and you have the Los Angeles Lakers. And that's the list. <laughs> Pretty much, right? We've got a lot still coming up tonight. Jamie Nye is going to check in from Regina. We'll uh, catch up with Ray Brown, manager for the Edmonton Prospects. They start their playoffs tomorrow. And uh, we have the Edmonton Cubs playing at the Senior Little League World Series in Easily, South Carolina. They were facing elimination today, but they won. A big 8-0 victory over the Asia-Pacific winners. So we'll see what's going on with the Cubs and what is next for them at that tournament. And Jason Moss will join Morley Scott for the Coaches Show between 7.30 and 8. My name is Reed Wilkins. We're back after the news. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. for tuning in tonight inside sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio 630 Chad the Blue Jays have traded closer Roberto Osuna to the Astros for pitchers Ken Giles David Polino and Hector Perez Osuna has been serving a 75 game suspension for violating MLB's domestic violence policy uh, after being arrested and charged with assault by Toronto police back on May 8th late one for the Blue Jays tonight 8 o'clock mountain time start as they visit the Oakland Athletics and of course uh, Jerome Aginla officially retiring today the news of this broke last week officially uh, attire, uh, retiring today the announcement made in Calgary Eskimos Rough Riders on 6:30 Chet Thursday night 6 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff 8 o'clock for the start of the game and uh, the Riders coming off a loss to Calgary Saturday in Regina. Man, they fell behind early, fought back a bit, but couldn't get over the hump. To talk about some of the uh, woes, I guess, in Ryderville and maybe some hope for their offense, it is Jamie Nye who hosts the Green Zone on CJME Radio. Jamie, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's an interesting day in Ryderville, Reed. Well, is it ever? Uh, I'm not sure where to begin. Well, let's begin with Saturday night's game because that's before some other stuff happened. That's why we wanted to talk to you anyway tonight. So I'm watching that game, and my goodness, Jamie, the home team being booed by its own fans in its own stadium late in the game. Um, Tell me a little bit about the source of unhappiness and how the coaches and players are reacting to it. I'm supposed to be an unbiased observer, but I almost started booing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offense on Saturday because I like to be somewhat entertained. 
But when you're down 24, second and 15, QB draw. When you're down 12, deep in your own end, second and seven, drop the middle for a three-yard gain. Boo. That is a whole lot of boo. The fans should have booed. They did boo and get on them to boo because that was garbage from the Rough Riders offense on Saturday. But Stephen McAdoo owned it today. The offensive coordinator, he laid it out. Uh, They didn't want to put Brandon Bridge in a difficult position and trying to air it out because what Calgary's defense does is that they they will hold back and they're ready to pick off those deep balls and then they rally to the ball up front. So there was a lot more underneath stuff open for Brandon Bridge to go to. That's what the reads were going in. That's the game plan they stuck to. So he at least explained it. You don't have to like that strategy, but he explained why that's happening. But we'll see what the difference is because uh, Zach Caleros in the game and a half uh, he was playing, he was back practicing today, was throwing it uh, a lot deeper, a lot more often at the start of the season. Well, before we get to Caleros, I mean, I wonder, though, let me ask you this, Jamie, and you and I have had this discussion on and off air for the last, well, really four years, because we even talked about Chris Jones and his philosophy when he was coaching the Eskimos. Is is this a McAdoo issue, or is this a Jones issue? Because he's he's really has continued to strike me as a coach who tries to win games on offense and defense and just wants his offense not to screw up. But that's a problem when you, when you get behind. What, what's, what's your take on that? Well, I don't have the numbers in front of me on Mike Riley, but I, I've looked at them in the two years that Steve McAdoo and Chris Jones were there, and you can see the bump. Before, he was, I think, averaging 9.5 or so yards per attempt. Then it dropped down to seven, seven and a half with Jones and McAdoo, then up again to the nine range, which a lot of quarterbacks end up. And of course, Mike Riley this season is well into the into the tens when you when you talk about the yards per attempt. So even back then, it was a much more conservative offense. And you're bang on. Chris Jones has said it many times: we'll win with great special teams and defense, and the offense. Just don't screw up. And that doesn't lead to a lot of entertainment value from an offense if they're just told not to screw up. And uh, all of a sudden, this the, the talent of this offense is depleted with Deron Carter's playing on defense for, for most of it. And that's another indication. He's taking the, a lot of the best athletes and putting them on defense. Uh, Toby Antigua is a receiver when they found him at a camp, turned him to a defensive player. Uh, same Willie Jefferson's a converted offensive player to defense as well. So that's his M.O. Give me the best athletes on defense. Offense, don't screw it up for us. Now, having said that, Jamie, and just to wrap up the, the thoughts on Saturday's game, despite a, a disastrous first quarter, uh, I mean, they did make a game of it. They, they, they made it interesting. Uh, I mean, I kept the TV on because they chipped away at the lead and, and got it within, a, I think, a t- two-point uh, convert and a touchdown at one point. So, you know, as much as we might criticize aspects of Chris Jones, his teams in Saskatchewan and Edmonton, have had the ability to come from behind and stay in games even if they've looked bad early. They don't always win them, but they always seem to find a way to make them interesting. Um, I mean, if, if does Jones not deserve credit for, for his teams having that mentality, or how do you look at that side of it? Well, the, the, the side of it is Chris Jones is an outstanding defensive coordinator. There's no doubt about it. This defense is a championship-caliber defense he's got in Saskatchewan. 
uh, uh, the numbers don't quite hold water to the Calgary Stampeders yet this season, but I think as things start to average out here, you're going to see the Riders and Calgary Stampeders clearly in the stats be the one-two defense in the Canadian Football League. They're, they're pretty well are right now, but Calgary's so far ahead because they don't allow a lot of points. But I think the Riders are right there with the Stampeders. So that's all the credit on Chris Jones. He's formed a fantastic championship defense. But in four of the next five weeks, they're taking on the top three offenses in the Canadian Football League. And if they're giving up 20 points a game, this offense hasn't shown that they can score 20. And that's going to be a big problem. If this defense can hold the 20, well, you need an offense to score 21. And right now, it doesn't look like it. Zach Caleros is likely coming back uh, this week uh, against the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, he played well in that first game, a little off after the concussion in the second game. So we'll see what he looks like. If he plays at all, Chris Jones still you know, keeping his cards close to the vest on who's going to start Thursday. All right, Jamie Nye from the Green Zone, CJME Radio and Regina joining us on Inside Sports, talking about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Next opponent for the Eskimos coming up on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium on Thursday. So, Caleros, uh, you know, I've, I've always liked him. I've liked his ability to keep plays alive and still throw on the run. I think scrambling quarterbacks still have to be passers first and runners second. Uh, what, what did he have to say about the injury today and how he's feeling? Uh, well, it's it's one of those situations where he's okay, he's fine. Now that's what they're that's the sell job, and and we'll see what plays out on Thursday. So that uh, and I I I think he's got to be fine uh, if he's practicing. So that that's the that's the big thing for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, but it, it's always a concern when you're when you're seeing players go down again and again and you wonder okay when's the next hit it's like Lule in BC right when's the next hit so um, it's for the Rough Riders they they need that quarterback uh, to to be able to do what Steve McAdoo wants but able to make the reads deep they they don't trust Brandon Bridge to do it so uh, they need him back in the game but it's it's got to be a it's a fair question on how long he's going to last well, if, but I mean, if he throws deep more, I mean, the Eskimos secondary has not been great. They've been very up and down. Uh, they didn't have a good game against Montreal, quite frankly, but the, overall the Eskimos just had more talent. So, I mean, if Kalaros comes back and has that willingness to get the ball downfield, if he's allowed to do that, I, I think that should be some optimism for Riders fans. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, when I looked at the numbers, he had, what, 52% the passes were deeper than 10 yards where Brandon Bridge was 25%. So that's that was the trust early in the season to make those deep reads and stretch the field, and they need to. They can't play dink and dunk without even a – they didn't attempt to pass last week of more than 20 yards. Not one ball went further than 20 yards from Brandon Bridge. You need to stretch the field a little bit to make sure there's room underneath to run the screens and everything else that they're trying to run in a ball protection type offense. So I, I expect Zach Caleros to make the proper read, stretch the field, and if Deron Carter's back on offense, uh, which may be the case this week, that will help big time. 
All right, Jamie. The other news today is, uh, well, it's it's riders news, but it's also league-wide news. Jerome Messam has been charged with voyeurism. He was released by the Rough Riders, and Commissioner Randy Ambrosi has told all teams in the league, uh, don't bother offering him a contract because we won't honor it, And though I, I doubt he was going to be honored a contract anyway. Uh, I mean, Messam wasn't having a, a great year stats-wise for the Riders, uh, but football aside, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's just one of those guys, Jamie, there have been some you know, issues uh, with him. I mean, I know when he was traded from BC to Edmonton way back early in his career, there was, uh, you know, a lot of rumors about uh, relationships with, with teammates and maybe not following team rules. Uh, a lot of talent, uh, a lot of power in that body, but, uh, you know, just some other issues that have hampered his career pretty heavily. And it's a move uh, the, the riders have to make, and it's a move a lot more CFL teams are making, and uh, I, I, I like it a lot more than, well, we'll see how it plays out in courts while he's representing your team on the field. I don't think is the way to do it, uh, and, and the riders in the league are making the right call on these uh, serious uh, allegations uh, towards Jerome Messam. Uh, he's denying them, of course, uh, going into court. Won't say much about it, but uh, it's done for Jerome Messam is for the, he's already 33 years old. I don't see a future in the Canadian Football League and in the Canadian legal system. You know how sometimes long some of these court cases can stretch out. So it's a serious charge and good on the riders, good on the Canadian Football League again, standing firm on these serious charges and uh, making sure these players aren't representing the league or their teams. Jamie, well said. Always, uh, riders are always an interesting team to cover. And, uh, you know, this I'm not referring to the Messam stuff, obviously, with this comment, but just with some of the things going on on the field this year, uh, they're, they're pretty intriguing with how Chris Jones has been handling stuff. So we'll see how it plays out on Thursday. I know we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much for doing this, man. Yeah, right on, Reed. Nice talking again. That is Jamie Nye, used to work right here at 6.30. Chad now hosts the Green Zone on CJME Radio in Regina. Zach Caleros. Sounds like he's going to be the quarterback for the Riders on Thursday. That's a huge boost for their offense. You heard Jamie saying they'll be uh, more likely to throw the ball downfield, and that's a challenge for the Eskimos. The The secondary is the challenge. This this looks like a really tough game for the green and gold. You, you got the energy of the Riders coming into town. Uh, they, don't, they don't often win here, but the games are often very competitive. Uh, you got Chris Jones and the unpredictability of what he can do on defense and special teams. Now, for the Eskimos, you got the reigning most outstanding player who'd be right up there in the conversation again this year if he isn't the MLP in the league, and a great receiving core. Williams, Walker, Stafford, the two Canadians are really chipping in. Bahar and Ajay looking very good as well. So this this could be which underperforming unit is uh, going to step up and maybe have a better than usual game. The Riders offense or the Eskimos defense. Always fun when the Riders come to town. You can go. We're going to give away a four-pack of tickets to the Eskin Riders. You have to answer a trivia question live on the air uh, with the Jerome Ginla retirement today. I will give you the hint that it is related to Jerome Ginla though we are giving away football tickets, 780-496-0063. Kellen will get you in line. You will have to answer a question live on air. Nothing you want to do more on a Monday night. We're back after the break. 
listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. So we got four tickets to Eskimos and Riders. Game starts at 8 o'clock on Thursday. Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Kevin is on the line as a contestant. Kevin, how's your evening going? Good. Myself? I'm doing very well. Have you been to an Eskimos game this year, Kevin? Sorry? Have you been to an Eskimos game this year? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So uh, which one did you go to? Uh, The Toronto game. The Toronto game, low-scoring uh, battle. The Eskimos were able to pull it out. So we want to send you to the Riders game. Now, uh, Jerome McGinley retired today, so I said the question was going to be about Jerome, uh, good St. Albert lad. Uh, most of his career, obviously, spent playing for the Calgary Flames. But, Kevin, for the tickets, what team drafted Jerome McGinley in 1995? Uh, was it? Dallas? It was the Dallas Stars, Kevin. Stay on the line so Kellen can take down your info, okay? Yeah. Go Riders! Okay, oh, we gave him to a Riders fan. Well, I should have asked that first. Oh, well, only one out of five winners. Uh, don't hang up if you're on the line, because I'm going to give something else away. So I'm just going to see uh, who stays on the line here. Daryl, did you hang on? Oh, I hung on. I hung on. Yes, I did, Rick. Daryl, I, I can't give you Riders and Eskimos tickets, because we've given them all away, but are you a golfer? Absolutely. Would you 100%, like one hundred percent a golfer? Would you like uh, a couple passes to play eighteen holes at the ranch? I'll take them anytime, Reed. Where do you usually play? I play at the quarry. Oh, nice! That's a great course. Yeah, I had some yeah. lessons there from Taylor Sinski a couple years ago. You bet! It's in uh, number one shape. Yeah, right on. Uh, well, we'll send you out to the ranch if that's okay for eighteen. I'd love it. Thank you so much. Okay, hang on the line. Okay, bud. That is, uh, so Daryl, we got, uh, or Kellen, we got Daryl for the golf. Okay, and you already took did the football tickets, so we're all good over there. I'm good. All we're right. just giving away so much stuff, it's out of control. It's a prize extravaganza. I am now going to give away my soul by having Section O on the show. No, I'm just joking, Matt. How's it going? Hey, Reed, what's going on, buddy? Good. Why are you so hollow? Where are you? I'm, well, I'm just in the middle of quickly doing something at work in the middle of a, basically a cavern. Give me one... <laughs> That he's, is he's, came in a little earlier than I expected. He's, he's chasing okay, bats, everybody. He's chasing bats out of an underground cavern. Yeah, how's that going now? Is that better? That's, you, you sound much better. Thank you. Well, how excited are you for finally that the Eskimos get to play a Western team and that it being Ryder Nation on a 50-50 carryover game? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm always excited. They've, who have they played? They played BC. They won. Uh, they played Winnipeg. They won. Yes. Well... This should be a good one, and it's going to be a real test for the team because the way they played against Montreal, I think it was 191 yards and penalties. If they keep playing that same way against some of these Western teams, and everybody knows how good Calgary is, and we're going to get a back-to-back on Labor Day, the Rough Riders are 50-50. They can be dangerous or they can be sloppy. It depends on what team we're going to get now with Jerome Messam being released and the ever-elusive Marcel Young playing DB. Well, I don't and think I they're co- not going to put Young in the game sectional. No, they're definitely I, not. Well, but, I wish they but, did. They should put him on Walker. But uh, <laughs> you never know what they're going to get. You, you never know what Chris Jones is up to. He's been doing some pretty crazy things. But it'll be a good test for them if they come out and they put points on the board early and they play a complete game and they cut down on the stupid penalties. Then, yeah, they have every chance in the world to beat the Riders. And then right there, I think the way it's going to be is we're going to be six up on them in the standings. 
Right? We're going to be six points up on them. I think they're three and three right now, right? Uh, well, yeah, we're four and two, so they'd be yeah. four points up on them. Excellent. You know what? It's going to be a good game. And anytime the Rough Riders come to town, it's going to be a good atmosphere in Commonwealth. I'm excited. I hope the whole city gets buzzed for it. And you know what? We're going to come out. We're going to beat them. So that's my prediction for Thursday. And the rain's got to stay away. It's like the fourth game in a row where it's been threats of rain. And oh, I, I know. It might rain time. again. Well, get, yeah, some, get some rain gear. I had some good rain gear for the uh, Toronto game. Sectional, yeah, well, uh, thanks for calling in in the middle of work. You're, you're a very dedicated caller. I appreciate it. All right. See you later, buddy. All right. That is uh, sectional. Oil 10 texting in. He says, uh, Reed, Jason Moss can look in the mirror to see why the Esks are so undisciplined. He sets the tone with his sideline antics, and I imagine he's more animated in the room. Players follow their coach's lead. That is from Oil 10. You know what, Oil 10? That is one of the most interesting uh, debates I think we can have regarding the Eskimos. Uh, the penalties, once again, a huge issue. I think that now a lot of penalties were called in that game against Montreal. I also think the the refs were flagging a lot of stuff. You know, Jason Moss is going to have to live with the headset throw from last year's Labor Day Classic for the rest of his life. Um, other than that, I don't know if there's a lot excessive going on. And uh, Oil 10... I think we can discuss this, but let's not try to oversell this narrative. Mark Tressman had a guy spear a guy, spear C.J. Gable late in the game. How come no, no one's on Mark Tressman for a player giving away that yardage late in the game? I mean, the previous game against Toronto, the, a Toronto player committed a face-masking penalty that set the Eskimos up in good field position to tie the game. I, I know Moss has that reputation, Um but, I mean, how does that relate to a holding penalty or an offside or things like that? That's the connection I'm curious about that you're making there. But I appreciate you bringing it up. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.